everybody. Welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, along with me, Kyle Davis and uh, KD. Wow. A lot going on in the lacrosse world, to say the least. Uh, but let's focus on the National Lacrosse League. And uh, what a weekend it was for the Toronto Rock. Another massive offensive performance, one that uh, some people out there in the lacrosse world were predicting that the Toronto Rock offense may not score quite like they had in the previous two games, but they certainly uh, proved those people wrong. And, uh, you know, 17-9, to un- uh, just another unbelievable game, a lot of things to get to. Um, first of all, though, just your, your, just your general thoughts on the game there on Friday night. Yeah, I thought it was uh, a great effort by the the Rock again, and obviously, you know, the offense has been getting a lot of credit of late, and rightfully so. Uh, you know, consistently putting up fifteen to to twenty goals here in the last couple, and it's great to see. And everyone seems to be getting in on the action. You know, all the all the big guys, so to speak, are are getting their their cookies up uh, up front, and uh, you know, and you get Caputo with one a nice one on transition. Sheldon Burns, I saw a tweet. Sheldon Burns has taken four shots with the Toronto Rock, and all four have gone in, so that he can't seem to miss uh, what, when he gets an opportunity. So it's it's coming from a a couple different angles. Good to see Chappie back in the lineup after you know missing out in Vancouver there. Uh, so that was help. Uh, that was good, and uh, I mean obviously Rose in that again. Any time another game, you know under ten goals, you're you're putting your team in a in a good position to succeed on that night. Yeah, and uh, let's let's just start from the goaltender out, Nick Rose. I mean, I I don't really think. I mean, to me, in my personal opinion, his worst game of the year, if we want to pick one that has been his least successful, I think was the twenty to thirteen win over Buffalo. And I know maybe some people think like, well, the team won, but yeah, he gave up thirteen goals, and I don't think that was his necessarily his best effort of the season. Um, I thought he was real good in the Rocks' uh, season-opening loss to the Bandits, 13-9, but he only let in 11. There was two empty netters in there. The next week, he gets pulled against Saskatchewan in the first half, but the team was not playing well, and there was no reason to hang that on Rosie, so I almost just kind of wiped that one off the board entirely. And then, you know, and then he went into Buffalo, or sorry, we went into playing Buffalo the next week back uh, in Toronto on December 30th, and you know, he was okay, but I think really with a start to finish, his worst 60 minutes maybe is that game. And since then, I mean, a couple of sub-10 goals against uh, efforts, only lets in uh, five in three quarters in Vancouver, and then lets in nine against Rochester most recently. So, you know, I know you, you've pegged him as the goalie of the year, and, you know, so far I think while he's not quite there statistically yet, the last couple games, I think we've seen Rosie kind of be Rosie. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just to quickly touch on one thing about that Rochester game before, you know, kind of breaking that down, but the, he made one save. I I was right on the, the goal line for it. It was ridiculous, uh, the cross crease, and he got the stick up. And, uh, you know, if he's for, you know, the kind of goalie he is, and he can still, you know, get, get across side to side that quick and, uh, you know, that was that was a beautiful save and just you know credit to to him for you know battling there on that play which i thought was you know gonna sure goal really with uh for rochester there but yeah he might not be there stats wise yet but i think you know that's why you play the whole season and 
uh, over the course of you know 18 games there, I think the numbers will straighten themselves out a bit, and uh, you'll see his stats seem to come back to what uh, or not come back to, but I mean round out to top top of the league uh, you know numbers here and stick with my prediction uh, goaltender of the year like and if he can keep keeping teams to you know 10 9 10 11 goals with uh, with the way this offensive is producing right now and uh, even if they come back you know a step or two and you know settle in at 14 goals that's still uh, still putting them in great position to pick up a win every time they hit the floor so it's going to be exciting to to watch this progress moving forward yeah, and, we, and when we quickly talk statistically here, Rosia, I think he is uh, – well, last year I think he finished at 10.82 in terms of his goals against average, and right now I believe he's around 11.5. So he's very close to getting back to the goals against average that led the National Lacrosse League last year. And sure, you'll say there's a couple of guys right now that are sub-10, but like we've said, there, there will be a period of correction here, so to speak, that – you know, guys will go up, guys will go down. Um, before though we get too far, we do want to uh, we do want to play a little piece of audio from uh, last week's podcast. I think I'm falling in. I think I'm feeling 17 to nine. 17 Toronto. And I think, you know, we've talked about the last few games that we said, you know, if everything's going right, that means we're going to see both goals. And I think even though we've pumped Matt Matt Vince's tires like uh, no one else is probably here so far in terms of an opponent this year, but uh, I think there's a good chance we see both goals. So there you have it. 17 to 9. Somebody did predict that score, obviously, and uh, also said, you know, we would see both goalies, which maybe wasn't a crazy bold prediction given what we have seen this year in most Toronto Rock games. But, uh, KD, you yourself, we have to give you props to you. You're 16-12. You were pretty darn close as well. But not quite. Not, not there. Not quite as bang on as somebody else. And Just a note on, you know, we saw both goalies there. I was – I've mentioned to you too, before, kind of when it ha- – or just after it happened – in the next coming days there like Matt Vink getting pulled after five you know late in the first quarter there and I I was shocked that we didn't see him back in the net there for Rochester I thought you know maybe on the bench for the remainder of the period there's only a couple minutes left I believe or a minute and a half and kind of just reset and we'd see him back out there but uh, that wasn't the case and that kind of I mean obviously they had the reasons but uh, that kind of caught me off off guard or, or was a little surprised I guess to say the least I'm still floored that that, that that happened. I mean, I think he played 1309, like you're saying, just uh, around that mark and uh, let him five goals. Like, <laughs> we're sitting here on the podcast last week saying that, you know, he's the, you know, greatest goalie of the last decade, essentially, which I think he still is, obviously. You don't take that away from him after one game. But um, I just, I know they were playing back-to-back, and that seems to be, you know, when I've talked to anybody about this, that they say, oh, well, they were playing back-to-back, so, you know, they had kind of almost said they were throwing in the towel, and I'm like, you're 13 minutes into a game, and you're down 5-2, and you're saying, well, we got to put Vino on the bench, who is a, you know, above-average athlete here in terms of his uh, physical fitness level. I'm probably least worried maybe about him playing two nights in a row than maybe some of the other guys on my team or any team. Um, I, I don't know. And, and it's only 9-5 and a half, even if you say, okay, you know what, Vino, we're throwing you back in there for the second. I, I, 
I mean, I'd love to. Obviously, we're sitting here in armchair quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff, and we don't have, uh, you know, we're not inside of Mike Hazen's head, but I am still just shocked at how aggressive that goalie pull was. Yeah, and, you know, like everyone in sports, obviously the goalie, it shows more, but, uh, you know, some games maybe it takes a little more time to settle into to the game that particular night, you know, if – if Jameson had a couple of tough shifts or you know missed a couple of shots, he's I don't think they're pull, you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah and and I get the goaltending position is different but uh, a guy with that resume I, I mean I think I, he kind of got to give him the benefit of the doubt to to let him try and grind through just a, a tough first quarter uh, to a certain extent right and uh, like you said they're still in it five two the game's not out of reach nine five the game's not out of reach so yeah very uh, very interesting move. And I think even when you look at just personnel-wise, you've got, you know, Matt Vince, who is a clear-cut number one goalie, and Angus Goodleaf, who is a clear-cut number two goalie in this league. You know, it's not really as though you were going to your 1B or your 1C, even you want to say whatever you want to put it as, is like, this is a guy that we, like, you know, is Angus Goodleaf going to start a game this year? Not that I know. Probably like, not, no. right? So to sit him in there and go, okay, well, we're going to give him now – what forty six and change minutes when like making that decision for I that was you know we don't like to you know question a lot of stuff on this podcast we'll say but that was one thing I just I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to wrap my head around that but can't complain about it because it turned out just fine and with the with the back to backs like you mentioned at, at what point did that become this massive thing for goalies that they can't go back to back and. In, in the game of lacrosse and you know growing up in in June like a lot of these guys play you know deep runs in junior they're playing Minto Cups the Minto Cup we're the schedule they play in the finals they're playing like five five games potentially in six nights yeah and well even the Man Cup Man Cup is the right? same thing they've just gone through here that like you know what four months ago five months ago they're playing seven games potentially, I think, in either nine or ten nights. Yeah, it, like they they seem to do it fine. Like, yeah, and you know, Vink's been a part of stuff like that. And yeah, you mentioned it, the shape he's in, and like I, I just don't know where uh, and at what point the on the goaltending specifically, and you see it a lot in hockey too, um, that goalies can't see, or they don't want goalies going back to back, and it kind of it kind of blows my mind. I don't want to discredit the you know the like you said though you'd be more worried about some of the players on the more on the yeah. back-to-back of that because he's in tremendous shape yeah so it just it's interesting and i think a lot of times a player is probably going to take a little bit more of a physical bumps and bruises beating kind of thing on a on a given night versus what a goaltender is going to take yeah i'd agree with that especially you know the offensive guys are they're getting beat up every time they go out the door, but essentially, and obviously there's a, there's a lot of hard battles fought on on defense as well. But I mean, I don't want to so- take sound like I'm discrediting or it's an easy position by any means because it's definitely not, and there it's a really is a craft of what these goaltenders do. But to, like I said, I I don't understand where that changed in the logic, and it's it's more so like you said specific to the National Lacrosse League because the same guys that play in the National Lacrosse League have no problem doing it in the summer so yeah it's it is wild to think about and and i think sometimes this mentality like you're talking about in the nll has kind of come out of what 
happens in hockey, like you were just talking about too. But the and and that even makes it more bizarre to me because you know in hockey you're playing 82 games versus 18, Eight. and you're playing three times a week, probably in most cases versus once. But then the rare occasion where you play two back to back, sometimes in a weekend you might play a Friday Sunday, but two back to back now with the scheduling now is is very rare with and, the switch and. With the like you mentioned the, the schedule comparison with to me that makes every game that much more important you know what I mean you don't have another eighty games looking down the the calendar to kind of you know get back into this or and you, for instance Rochester this week in Toronto Friday go home to New England Saturday that's two division games two, like massive implications really yeah uh, for for what their season could hold and you know I don't. Like you're saying, you not only want, but you need yeah. your best guys going back, back to back. And exactly. Situation. So that's what. Uh, maybe that's why we're here, though. And they're behind yeah, the bench. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, one matchup we did talk about going into was the uh, special teams. Rochester did go three for four on the power play. Toronto uh, went two for five. So um, Toronto's PK doesn't really uh, see a bump and. Uh, Rochester's PK, well, it, uh, I guess, takes a bit of a beating there, giving up, uh, you know, only going at a 60% kill rate there, but uh, Toronto getting a 40% rate on the power play, which is a little bit below what they had kind of bumped up to. So uh, the special teams in the end, three goals on one side, two on the other side, it, it really did kind of even itself out and wasn't really as much of a storyline as maybe it could have been. Um, we have to also say the streak is over. Billy Hostrauser did not fight in the last game, so he had had uh, three straight games, dropping the mitts, but uh, decided to keep him on and uh, played lacrosse and played well again. And another guy I want to talk about briefly, Brad Cree has been on the receiving end of a lot of punishment over the last couple of weeks, and I think this bye week is going to serve him and some of these other guys uh, real well to get a little bit healthy and heal up some of those bumps and bruises. Another guy I want to quickly touch on, Challen Rogers, a goal and four assists. Um, Beast. Unbelievable. I mean, you almost think, thank goodness he didn't have the shoulder surgery before because I don't know if he would have slipped to number two in the draft, uh, you know, to us a couple of years ago. He might have been the first overall pick in that draft. But he, uh, man, he is looking good. I, there is nothing you can say. Uh, bad about him and like we kind of joked about just what else he brings to the team off the floor as well um, you know this is definitely and it's too bad last season that in some respects you had the rookie performances of Tom Schreiber and even Latrell Harris bursting on the scene as an 18 year old there's you know two amazing stories there that definitely you know leapfrogged you know the Rock having the second overall pick step into their lineup and play every day Um now I think we're really seeing the true Challen Rogers is coming out here and five points and just the way the team pushed the ball and he seemed to be kind of at the center of a lot of that. But it was, uh, you know, I think we're still going up and up from here. Oh, yeah, uh, no doubt. I, I think so as well. And he's, you know, well, we've heard it from, you know, himself here. We've heard it from Jamie that he's, Obviously in some great shape. He's been at the gym. Obviously with the shoulder, he's got a brand new shoulder. He's, so that's probably the best it's felt. I think we said in his lacrosse career, or yeah. you know, as as he's got onto a higher level at least. Uh, 
so that's obviously a positive and the way he, he you know he's a beast defensively the way he pushes the ball and this is he's everything is advertised and probably more when from when that rock drafted him uh, second overall there uh two years ago or and uh he's a big boost to the back end and we were saying you know with the burns acquisition and the challenge getting healthy how much that's just going to help round out the the defense and and even some other areas of the game and it the, like you know the two of them and particularly challenge here it's really really has shown and one and four from a d guy like if you're getting five points at I'm not gonna say it's happening every night, but uh, that's a that's a good addition to the offense um, if he can ch- you know chip in with ways like that as well. Shots on goal. Um, I feel like we chatted a little bit about this last week too, and that you know we're the Rock going to continue to be able to put up these massive shots on goal numbers, and they did it again. Sixty-seven shots. They outshoot their opponents by twenty. Uh, loose balls, eighty-one sixty-seven, I believe, was the total there. I mean, I it's while I think some people have been left scratching their heads with Vancouver and how they've struggled, although they somehow manufactured manufactured a win uh, over the Bandits in overtime on Saturday. But um, I'm kind of starting to be left scratching my head about the Rock and this offense and this team and how many weapons are developing out of this and like where is this going to go you know like how how much better is this team going to get is the last three weeks you know is it a mirage is this for real almost because if it is I think like we've talked a little bit obviously off air about it is the separation here in this league there could be probably three haves and maybe six have-nots here. Yeah, that's what uh, you know. I that's how, what I believe at least yeah. early on here. And you know, there was one play. Just speaking of the offense there and, and the shot totals, um, I was you know, at the game there against Rochester watching, and uh, Toronto I think got three resets. Uh, one play, and the Rochester D was just gassed. They didn't end up scoring on on that particular situation but you know just second third chance opportunities and if you keep getting it goes to battling loose balls you know on rebounds just not you know taking the shot and kind of turning around and just jogging off the floor like like an old guy or or whatever battling wanting that ball back and if you keep giving yourself that opportunity and with the talent this offense has that we we've talked about and is is well noted here now they're gonna like you're just giving yourself more of an opportunity to drop balls in the net here and you know you're getting up in the 60 to 70 shot range here on a consistent basis you're gonna you're gonna win a lot of ball games with these shooters and back to what you mentioned on the you know kind of the separation in the league I would have to agree with that and I I don't think Toronto in particular is is a mirage by by any means I think what we saw the first two games was a bit of a mirage, yeah. I guess, in the negative. Where it just it wasn't dropping yet, right? And a couple, of, you know, you had Schreiber's. They're keyed in on Schreiber a bit more. You know, how's the offense get, adjust? We got Hellier back in the lineup. A new guy in Jones. A couple kinks that had to be worked out, and uh, I don't think they were quite all in sorts or on the same page for the first couple. And uh, I think what they are now is is more close, is closer to what they are now. Actually, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and I think we, 
no reason to believe we don't see this, you know, for the remainder of the season. Obviously, I think they're going to mention to you there will be a point, I'm sure, you're going to find a hot goalie. You're going to, you know, find a night. The sticks just weren't dialed in as much. But I think uh, we're going to see this more than, more than you know, we're going to see the first two games. Now we'll, uh, we'll, we'll start to move on here from uh, this past week and <laughs> we'll look forward. But one thing, uh, we're going to take a short breather here. Should mention this is going to be kind of an abbreviated uh, version of the podcast. Uh, the Rock have decided not to practice this week and that's usually how we end up corralling a lot of our guests that uh, the guys are around here during the day and, and early in the evening uh, on practice days. And uh, this week she's pretty quiet here with the bye week and the team taking uh, some time off. So... Um, one thing I want to do, want to get to before we get to a little bit of a breather here for us, um, big fan. There's a big fan out there, and we do encourage these kind of tweets, interaction, and whatnot. We we like hearing some positive stuff about uh, what we're doing here and there. So KD, I believe uh, you can dig into our virtual mailbag here, and I believe we had uh, we had a uh, first time, long time listener uh, send us a nice note. Yeah, I want to shout out to at Tall Franklin from uh, down in Ohio. Big fan of the show. Uh, said basically, you know, in the Coles Notes version, said he's been been tracking the show. He's it's rock centric, obviously, with uh, what we're doing here. But he's he's learning and liking, you know, where we're taking things and learning about the box game, and he's finding it very informative. So. That's good. I know, you know, from digging in a little deeper, massive Tom Schreiber guy down in the States, the Ohio machine, currently tracking the uh, supplementary daft draft, just <laughs> jacked up for the MLL. So uh, shout out to at Tall Franklin. We appreciate the uh, the note. It's great. We've gone international. We've crossed borders here <laughs> down into the United States. And, uh, you know, Obviously, there's a big fan base and a huge Tom Schreiber fan base out there as well, which is something we'll get to uh, in the back half of the show. So thanks, Tall Franklin. I know you're a big fan of your sheens down there, and hopefully you're a big rock fan following Tom Schreiber up here uh, up north of the border. So we'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access, and we'll be back to uh, kind of look forward to the coming week's action and as well the Rock getting back on the old NLL carpet on January 27th. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a second. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access, firing it up uh, to wrap things up as well. Again, we've uh, mentioned just moments ago, abbreviated version of the podcast. Uh, So coming up this week, the Toronto Rock have a bye week, but that doesn't mean there isn't some big, big lacrosse on uh, on the board this weekend. Friday night, the Buffalo Bandits take on the Saskatchewan Rush, and this one looks like, um, you know, Maybe we'll throw some picks in here, too. I would be picking the Saskatchewan Rush in this game at home. Uh, the Buffalo Bandits, though, have run into some injury problems here with Mark Stainhouse and Matthew Bennett going down. Matthew Bennett being placed on season-ending IR. Um, word has it that it's a knee injury of the serious variety. And uh, Mark Stainhouse, apparently an arm injury of the fairly serious variety that will keep him out uh, for upwards of two months is... The rumored amount of time, but in their place, they've moved some guys around, removed practice tags, whatnot, but they've signed Bill O'Brien to the practice roster. 
Something that I don't think a lot of people saw coming, but, you know, he is a guy that a lot of people are very much on one side or the other. Now, on the promotional side and everything, you have to take your hat off to him. I mean, he's done a great job of building his own personal brand and and all that kind of stuff. Everything that he's uh, he's put together there, and he's built himself quite a quite a social following and Thompson Brothers Lacrosse and all that kind of stuff. Whether or not uh, you know he is you know a defender in this league, a nine team league, I guess. I don't know. I, I I think that's still kind of yet to be answered. But you know, he is personally. A, you know, you look at some of the stuff that he said, you know, he's on the practice squad and he's he's willing to work his way up, you know, to kind of paraphrase a lot of the stuff he's put out on social and, and he's willing to put that time in and work to try to become better and, and try to get another shot of playing. But bigger picture here, losing uh, Bennett, who has been who has become a bit of a mainstay on the D side for the Bandits and obviously losing a guy like Mark Stainhouse, uh, a big loss for the Bandits as well in many different facets of the game. Um, your take on what this means for the Bandits who are going in uh, already right now two and three, and could be falling to two and four going into Saskatchewan with a uh, super super tight East Division right now. Yeah, I, d- I don't think it's good. I mean, you lose a, a couple, you know, everyday people in your lineup that you can count on. You know, Steinhaus obviously. Is, veteran in this league Matt Bennett's you know played solid consistently for for a couple years in a row now and kind of fell into a nice little role there in Buffalo but I think this is gonna make an already you know somewhat struggling team here even struggle even more and uh, I think they could potentially be in trouble and you you know you don't want to the east is so tight and they still are two and three but uh, I think they're facing an uphill battle here with we still don't I still don't personally know what what type of goaltending is going to show up on a night in night out basis in Buffalo I know they strung a couple together here uh Buka strung a couple better games together here now but uh and the you know the offense I think they're still coming in at 11 goals per game 10 11 goals per game uh and they're coming off no, no matter how you look at it, what what I think it was kind of a an embarrassing loss at home to the Vancouver Stealth. Like you're at your home barn, Vancouver's kind of you know they've been the team that's kind of got the crap kicked out of them by everyone else they've put they've played so far this year. Zero and four, and you drop that one at home and kind of you know with everything so tight. That's I look at that as circled that you have to win that game or that's a must win for you and especially, you know, Toronto's rolling now, New England's at three and one. Um and I think they let they dropped the ball on that. So I think going forward for Buffalo is gonna be gonna be interesting to track. I don't see it playing out, I'm sure, how they want it to play out and I'll take you know, hundred times out of a hundred times Saskatchewan <laughs> this weekend over Buffalo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, a hundred out of a hundred. You heard it right here, KD. I just there is zero point zero 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 chance that they are winning. Well, I don't. I just a hundred times over. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, uh, before we dig any deeper on that one, let's go on to Sunday. Rochester and New England. Uh, huge, huge East Division game here. Uh, start time changed to one p.m. so that uh, all those New England fans can watch the. Patriots a little bit later in the afternoon in uh, NFL playoff action, but um, 
you know, New England's coming into Toronto uh, next weekend, either four and one or three and two. What do you think it's going to be? So this is in New England. Geez, that's good. that is a massive game, actually. Uh, thinking about that for for the standings, I'm going to I'm going to give the. I think they're coming in four and one. I I do. I think uh, you know they they've obviously had a good start to the to their season, and maybe it's just you know what what have you done for me lately? And not just Rochester to me just had a, a tough weekend this past weekend, and that's still fresh in my mind. And you know they they. Didn't hit t- double-digit goals on Saturday. And you look at New England, you know, Steph LeBlanc. Uh, shout out to Steph. He goes 2-4, and four, uh, you know, in the previous game. So is he getting comfortable and, f- you know, finding his niche in, there in New England? And, you know, it's tough to uh, to go against Sean Evans. I like Sean, you know, as a, as a player. He's, he's done a lot of good things uh, in his career. And I think, uh, you know, big divisional game for that. He'll be fired up and... Uh, you know, you go four and one. You're you're set up pretty nice coming into uh, what will be even a, a bigger colossal game. You know, the following yeah. week in Toronto. And uh, yeah, I mean, you talk about Sean Evans as a as a non rock guy. He's probably one of my uh, favorites to watch, and I think he's a guy that is worth going to watch. And uh, yeah, can take over a game at, at any time. And you mentioned Rochester. Uh, and the double digits thing and I have to uh, big shout out to I think it was Ashley Docking putting together the highlight pack of the Toronto Rochester game from last week and I actually hit when I was watching it had to stop it and go and look because I initially thought this can't be true and not that she had made a mistake but I was I was a non-believer in this number was you know that Rochester had hit double digit goals in three consecutive games I believe it was for the first time since 2016, I thought, come on, double digit. Like, does she mean 20? Well, no, they didn't score 23. Like, I thought, okay. And then I looked back and I thought, you know, I'm going down. It's like, you know, Rochester, 8, 9, 8, 10, oh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 9, 8. And I'm like, wow, this is unbelievable. They really haven't scored in double digits three games in a row since 2016. I thought that is beyond crazy for me to you know even be able to comprehend that in a in an nll world where you know generally speaking goals are a plenty here so i was i was pretty surprised to to hear that stat and like you say i I just think rochester might be getting ready to go to a bit of a a deep dark place here and uh after what we saw this past weekend so i i think uh yeah i gotta be with you there with new england probably taking this and probably coming into toronto four and one which means it will be a battle for first place and toronto would be uh you know technically uh what one game behind in the standings right so and Best case scenario, they end up coming out uh, both four and two after the weekend, which I think we'll all take here six games into the season. But uh, we're going to move right into short-term, long-term trade. We've got a couple to throw out. Um, Three guys who maybe could be classified as being off to a bit of a slow start. But KD, short-term, long-term trade. So who are you... Signing short-term, signing long-term, and who are you telling to pack their bags and get out of town 
I would have Cody Jamison, Corey Small, and Curtis Dixon. It's funny, like you, you know, you mentioned we're looking at their numbers here and the so-called off seasons for these guys, right? They've just set the bar so high. Uh, but to get to it here, I'm going to go long term. I'm keeping Dixon. Uh, I think he, you know, his resume speaks for itself. He's a great, great goal scorer in this league. He seems to, you know, create offense kind of out of nothing. He's He's a highlight reel, and uh, yeah, for that reason, uh, I'm going to keep Dixon. I'm going to keep short term, or sorry, Dixon long term. Short term, I'm going to keep Cody Jamison. I think you know he's one at every level he's played at. Uh, a little eerie with uh, with the knees, um, how those are holding up for for long term. But I mean, we just watched him, you know, this past weekend, and I know he's just getting back into things, but getting his rhythm, but chipped in a couple goals, still, like, you know, still getting his points. Uh, so I will keep uh, him short term. And as you mentioned, uh, unfortunately, Corey Small, you will have to pack your bags. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That's a tough one because, you know, Corey Small obviously had the great season last year, but also just in terms of what have you done for me lately, like, Corey Small was kind of the man. As much as everybody is saying Eric Penny was was great, I think there was some times in that game where Eric Penny almost gave the game away. And I think, you know, in that end of the game play where it looks as though it was him, it, it was tough watching the game. I was pretty sure it was him that threw the ball that, uh, you know, got picked off by Disnew on the game-tying goal there with about 20 or 25 seconds left. But then when I watched again, I wasn't sure if it was the defender. But anyways... There were some other plays before that where Penny may have mishandled the ball. But Corey Small, you know, his team's down 3-0, and he just shoots the lights out and says, okay, boys, we're still in this thing. Let's tie this up. Let's go. And, you know, then they battled for the next, uh, you know, three quarters and ended up pulling out a win in, uh, in overtime. So buy, sell, trade, our next three. We've got Dougie Jamison, goaltender with the New England Black Wolves. We've got... Who's my other goalie that I picked here? Penny and Booth. Eric Penny. I couldn't read my own handwriting. Eric Penny and Alex. See, this is the thing. We're going to have to get the NLL to give us a definitive answer because you're going with his junior pronunciation of Boot. Well, that's what I And I know, and that's what everybody in Ontario. But since he has played NLL lacrosse, he's gone to Bouquet. So I don't know if this has become a Connor Sheary, Connor Sherry thing, but, uh, you know, since... Alex Book Bouquet has been a pro. He's been Alex Bouquet. So, regardless, buy, <laughs> well, sell, trade. That guy. It's fu- <laughs> funny. Maybe he just you know woke up one day and kind of does. Does he go to the league and say that? Like, no, this is how I want to be now. I like, well, to at least his team staff. His team right? staff, yeah. and you know, maybe one day I'm this and that. <laughs> anyways, uh, to go with uh, so long term, I'm keeping. Uh, Mr. Jameson, Doug Jameson, I think he's, you know, he's already in the league. He just finished junior. I think he has the highest upside. Mental Cup champion, uh, this is winner. I think uh, we saw him here at the preseason game. I know he didn't play the whole game, but uh, I think he's got the tools to uh, to be an effective goalie in this league. Uh, where it gets tough for me is the next, the next two here. Uh, short term, I think I'm going to... I'm going to keep Book or Bouquet. 
however we want to uh, to say yeah. it. Um, you know, just a little a little bit larger sample size for me in the na- in the National Lacrosse League. I mean, he strung a couple games together now in a row for Buffalo. Um, still haven't seen enough to to keep you know long term warrant the long term, but. Uh, I think he's gonna stick around short term and hopefully, you know, can string a couple more together. And unfortunately, and I didn't even think of this, but uh, it's not a knock on Vancouver. But Eric Penny with Corey Small will have to pack his bag as well. <laughs> Sale on <laughs> luggage. Product. Man. Well, product of the game, and I didn't think of that. And and like you, you mentioned though, Penny, you know, came in and gave them what they needed to get this last weekend, and that was a, a win. And and, and no matter how you look at it, just them getting that and getting that monkey off the back, I'm sure felt great. And come from practice roster into to hero, for lack of a better way. I know you mentioned, you know, you had tough, tough couple passes down the stretch, but uh, shout out to Penny, your good, you know, good game coming in and getting Vancouver on the on the board there. Well, I have breaking news that we are going to break on the podcast here. This will bring, sorry, short term, long term, to a close. And I do agree with you on your picks. I. I still think of those three guys, though. If I, you know, I might take, I might take Bouquet slash Book long term. Yeah. I've never been totally sold on Doug Jameson. He's played on some very good teams in front of him in Six Nations, and you know, and it does like we've talked about it. It does take a little while for a goaltender to find his mark in the NLL. So I, I, I think we might still be waiting a little bit, whereas. Book and Penny, anyways. Book, Bouquet, and Penny are uh, kind of at that time where it's time to kind of put up or shut up. But anyway, so short term, long term trade done. Moving on, and this has great relevance to uh, the Rocks' next home game on Saturday, January the twenty seventh, against the New England Black Wolves. But breaking news, um, of course, the game. The breaking news part is not that uh, Bell Let's Talk is the presenting sponsor. Of the next game, but associated with that partnership, we have confirmed that we will have a few members of the Toronto Argonauts in attendance to participate in the ceremonial ball drop, and they will be bringing the Grey Cup to the game. Is that January right? January 27th. Just confirmed. Just popped up on the old email here while we're uh, recording the podcast. So there you go. Breaking news. Mm-hmm. Breaking news <laughs> right here. We are breaking, breaking news. Uh, so, speaking of that game coming up on January 27th, KD, it's ticket time. What's going on? Yeah, no, this is uh, this is a game you're not going to want to miss as we kind of teed it up there, we we think. And, well, it's going to have massive Eastern Eastern implications here. I think it's going to be for first place. So there's no, uh, no reason to, you know, not to miss it. And I know there's some traffic troubles with the weather last weekend. So, you know, it's been a been a good amount of time since a lot of you have been been in the rink here so uh let's get out we got our four play pack still on sale obviously it's a it's a great pack to transition around the rink and and catch the games from different vantage points we've got a six ticket flex pack on sale um you know a lot of groups have been coming in lately wanting to attend uh attend the game with their friends so you know hop online at torontorock.com slash tickets or give uh give one of our reps here a shout at 416 five nine six three zero seven five or just hop on the website and you know we have the online chat there we can uh, we can get you set up with whatever it is your ticketing needs are and uh, no doubt you don't want to miss this one on the 27th when the black wolves come to town as well 
you know, longtime Rock and Steph LeBlanc returning to the building for the first time. So it's it's going to be a good night, lined up to be a good night, and I'm sure it's going to be a great game. And you did touch on those folks that braved the winter weather to attend the last Toronto Rock home game. And, uh, you know, along to kind of echo your uh, your remarks there, KD, just to say thank you to those people who did make it through the uh, the bad weather there that was kind of going on in the late afternoon, early evening on that day. And um, it was just kind of too bad that uh, all those things kind of came together and uh, there were – a lot of people, obviously, uh, that uh, that did make it through the the bad weather and get there, and we thank everybody for coming. And for those who couldn't make it, hopefully they were able to watch it on NLLTV.com, and uh, you know we shake that off. And hopefully we have a good crowd out on the 27th. We we already know it's trending in that direction. So um, you know get your tickets now. Be a part of something great. TorontoRock.com/slash/tickets, as KD said. So. Uh, is there anything else that we did wanted to touch on here before we uh, wrap up the old bye week podcast? I don't think so. We got to everything. Uh, you're eh? Slipping your pages Just to going no- back there's nothing my on notes. them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's bye week. I got my book upside down. Come on, give me a little credit. There, yeah, that's the there page. All right. Jeez, just grilling me on that. All right, so. Um, I think that's it then. Yeah, no, it was a quick show, but got in, got out, and uh, we're curious. Uh, you know, the NHL bye weeks are going on around the league. Yep. Do what the routine is like for the players on the Rock, you know, for their bye week and what that looks like. No practice you mentioned this week. Uh, you know, wonder, curious to see, you know, be curious to see what the, the boys get up to, I guess, to say with the, with the time off. Well, interesting to say that. I think we saw if uh, anybody follows Brock Sorensen, I was going to call him Brock Instagram, but that doesn't make sense at all. Brock Sorensen on Instagram, he uh, he had a shot of him uh, swinging the clubs, I think, down in Miami. Is that right? <laughs> in Good. the golf course, a little, little bi-week action. A little golf, a little sea do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. little, yes. get, get out Something on the water. Like yeah, he does that's... love the sea do. That's right. Forgot all about that. <laughs> anyways, he, uh, that's a great time. No, that's good. Uh but then some guys, there we, we have at our first uh, rock sighting here during the podcast. Looks like Adam Jay's down there firing some shots by himself. Uh, just taking some shots on the bye week here, getting ready um, for next week's practice. Practice twice next week and should be, uh, should be good to get everybody back together. A couple of good practices uh, Tuesday and Friday night and then the big game Saturday, January 27th. But we will be back next week with another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. And uh, we'll have some guests with us in the studio, we promise. It won't just be us, uh, you know, kind of just rambling on. But uh, thanks for joining us again. Thanks to Tall Franklin. <laughs> Tall Franklin. You're our number one fan, Tall Franklin. We're glad to <laughs> Love hear from it. you. And actually what I was going to say, he did a little extra work. Like, he had our personal Twitter handles, yeah. there, which is something we don't promote at all here on the show or associate with anything. So he, he dug right in. Well, it caught me off guard because I was sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden I got a notification before I saw the message that at Tall Franklin is following you. And I'm like, this is who is Tall Franklin and what is <laughs> what is going on? What did I, I don't tweet from the personal? Yeah. You know, like, what is going on here? And then, uh, yeah, digging a little deeper, it kind of all came together. But, yeah, he did have to. To dive into you know the the Twitter sphere there and and hunt us down, but I'm I'm glad he did. Yeah, I don't tweet a lot either from the old personal Twitter, but uh, except for my tweet yesterday. What was that? Hashtag feel the juice. <laughs> <laughs> 
And if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, you'll know what that's all about if you watched In the Room this week. But anyways, now we're off topic. So we will wrap this up uh, in the meantime and in between time. For Kyle Davis, I'm Mike Hancock saying we will chat next week.